Hey, Centers and Saints fans, your co-host, John Sautel and the boys here, with exciting news about our show joining the international digital revolution. We're launching start.urclearning.org, your new web home for Centers and Saints, and for every resource you need to explore confessional Reformed Christianity. That's right, John. Starting June 25th, start.urclearning.org will be the new exclusive home to our Centers and Saints broadcast, but it will be much more. The new start.urclearning.org promises to be your one-stop, massive resource center. You'll hear the sermons we're preaching in our churches. You'll hear lectures about doctrine and real life in the Christian faith. You'll hear Bible study series unfolding the Word of God and much more. And the best part is you can download all of it for free for play on your PC or iPod or MP3 player. You techies out there can subscribe to all the audio on the site through your podcatchers, Odeo, iTunes, Yahoo Podcasting, whatever service that you use. And you can subscribe to all the non-audio stuff on the site through whichever blog catcher or reader or aggregator you're using. And I'll tell you what else. Start.urclearning.org is going global. It starts here at home in your neighborhood where you can register your interest in becoming part of an emerging Reformed church in your area. But you'll also find translations into foreign languages. Start.urclearning.org is your bridge to like-minded believers of all cultures and all places. Imagine that. You will be learning the Reformed faith with your brothers and sisters across Los Angeles, the United States, and beyond into Mexico, Nigeria, and China. And let's not forget, my friends, that on start.urclearning.org, Org, you will hear the old and new unauthorized versions of Sinners and Saints, where we are not forced to squeeze ourselves into the conventional mold of Christian radio. At start.urclearning.org, we can say what we want, and it ain't going to be pretty. So get ready. Start.urclearning.org is coming. Start.urclearning.org, starting June 25th. The new exclusive home of Sinners and Saints and much, much more. Start.urclearning.org Mark Twain wrote more than a century ago, Everybody lies, every day, every hour, awake, asleep, in his dreams, in his joy, in his mourning. If he keeps his tongue still, his hands, his feet, his eyes, his attitude will convey deception. Well, there's a great deal of scientific research which tends to confirm Twain's observations. Studies indicate that humans are perennial liars, prevaricating about everything from the trivial to the significant. Whether that be through intentional exaggeration or flat-out fibbing, humans have a major problem with telling the truth. Tonight, as we turn our attention to the Ninth Commandment, we're going to tackle this all-too-human phenomenon of lying. So stay tuned with us on Sinners and Saints. In an age of moral bankruptcy, political sleaze, theological confusion, and aimless religion in a mindless church, we're addressing the need for a Bible-based, intellectually rigorous, 21st century Christian faith. This is Sinners and Saints. Theology with an Edge. Hey, thanks for joining us tonight on Sinners and Saints. We're almost winding down here in our rather lengthy series on the Ten Commandments. Tonight we're going to be dealing with the Ninth Commandment, which says, Thou shalt not bear false witness against your neighbor. Joining us as usual for our discussion is Reverend Adam Kalustian from Ontario United Reformed Church and Reverend Moses Janbazian from Pasadena United Reformed Church. And I'm John Sautel, pastor at All Saints Reformed Church. 
The ninth commandment obviously has to do with lying, but before we get down into that particular issue, that's just one important application of that command, but it, but it has a very broad uh, and sweeping application. So why don't we begin maybe just in broad strokes to talk about, first of all, the definition of what does this commandment mean and what are its applications? Well, the commandment begins in uh, more of a formal courtroom idea of not giving false testimony, not coming in and declaring a lie about someone to be true. And that is really the first and foremost thing we have to look at is this idea that you are responsible for the reputation and honor of another, and you have no right given to you by anyone to twist that man's honor and to lie about it and to disgrace him. And especially where he's being charged with anything like that. It's not a place for you to work out your hostilities with him, to try to get even. Your duty as a witness is to tell the truth when you are called upon. You know, the uh, the Ninth Commandment is applied very specifically in this way in terms of a courtroom. As you point out, Moses, in Leviticus chapter 19, for instance, says, You shall do no unrighteousness in judgment. Thou shalt not respect the person of the poor, nor honor the person of the mighty, but in righteousness thou shalt judge thy neighbor. It's interesting that there was no concept of social, uh, uh, at least as we understand it today, the social justice concept, the liberation theology concept, where basically if you are in, in the oppressed group or the underclass or the minority, then immediately uh, you get bonus points in your column, whether you actually did or did not perform, uh, break the law or transgress it or whatever, you automatically get judged differently. But that's not according to the law. This commandment forbids uh, judgments uh, about people to be distorted or twisted or perverted in their favor uh, dependent upon their social status or standing. They have to be judged and evaluated according to the strict demands of justice provided in the law. This is just because we're all made in the image of God and that um, where Paul speaks of no distinction between you know slave and free, that's what it's referring to is this idea that all of us have to be seen as you know in the image of God among the redeemed, obviously, that there's this incredible thing that we're in Christ. But even among all ordinary people, regenerate and unregenerate alike, we have to see that everyone is made in the image of God, and they need to be judged in accordance with truth and righteousness rather than standing and status. So we see that the initial application or meaning of this commandment uh, puts you right in the courtroom scene. But remember the pattern that we've been seeing with all these commandments. You have a sort of specific application in the way in which the commandment is expressed, but that represents a broader ethic. So, yes, we should not lie. We should not bear false witness about someone in a court of law. Uh, or in life in general. However, that represents that we should be truthful in all of our speech uh, toward others in God's world. Let me give you an example of how this application broadens out from the courtroom. The Heidelberg Catechism number 112 says, what does the ninth commandment require? And it says that I bear false witness against no one, twist no one's words, be no backbiter or slanderer, join in condemning no one unheard or rashly, but on the pain of God's heavy wrath, I avoid all lying and deceit as the very works of the devil. Now, it gets into positive applications of this as well, but you can see it broadening here. We're not to not only just judge unfairly or unrighteously in court, but we're not to twist words. We're not to, uh, we're not to slander. We're not to join uh, in condemning people without actually hearing the facts of the case. All kinds of applications are very relevant. And here also with the slander and backbiting that speaking of, we use the word gossip today more than anything else for where it says backbiting here. 
Consider that that is also prohibited to the believer. God is saying that I do not tolerate this sort of thing because even if the information is true, there's a question of whether or not somebody needs to know it. You have no right to ruin another person's name, whether you know true information, but most likely with gossip, you don't even know for certain. So this actually is an attack against the individual when you pass on this information, and God prohibits it. That's one of the saddest things, isn't it, in the contemporary Christian church, how people not only easily judge others, but then proceed to make it their business to talk about everybody else's problems and to, you know, because of their own insecurity, project all their problems on other people or find the things that they struggle with and isolate them. This is the kind of thing that is obviously rampant in the pagan world, the fallen world, and the lost workplace, the common man at the water cooler just trying to one-up everybody else. And we see this prevalent, unfortunately, in the professing Christian church, and it's disgusting. God hates it, and we ought to repent from it. A lack of regard for the truth is often a very important indicator of a lack of regard for God. We come back after the break. We're going to talk through some more implications of this Ninth Commandment, so stay tuned with us on Sinners and Saints. Men, you are invited to attend the annual Wednesday Night Men's Forum throughout the month of July at Grace Evangelical Church in Torrance. This year's topics include murdering for Caesar, why Christians don't speak in tongues, white-hot, cutting-edge, spirit-filled worship, and how the world is really going to end. Come meet the hosts of Sinners and Saints along with Dr. Kim Riddlebarger. For more information, call 310-782-7019. All Scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. In other words, what Paul is saying is that if you want to be wise unto salvation and learn to live for God's glory, you need the Word of God. And that's why I'm inviting you to come worship with us at All Saints Reformed Church. Hi, my name is Pastor John Sautel. I'm pastor of All Saints Reformed Church out in Walnut, California. We can't promise you you'll be entertained with high-energy music or thrilling performances or exciting worship or trendy programs, but we will promise you that you'll get the Bible. Because in our worship, we read the Bible, we sing the Bible, we pray the Bible, and we preach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book. If you want to come to know God through His Word and to grow in His grace and knowledge, then we invite you to worship with us at All Saints Reformed Church. For more information, call us at 909-319-3479. That's 909-319-3479. Or check us out on the web at allsaintsreformed.org. You know, uh, thanks for joining us here on Sinners and Saints. Before the break, you know, we were talking uh, just in summary form, really, in broad outline form, what this Ninth Commandment has to do with. There's a lot more that we need to pull out of this commandment, and we'll do that, of course, as a show and perhaps another one. But what we want to get into here is we come back into the discussion here of the Ninth Commandment. A question I would throw out to you is why does it matter that there is lying in God's world? Or maybe I can put it a different way. Why is it wrong to lie? in this world well you have to think about the war of the ages i mean the fight in this world is over the truth that god is god and we are not god and satan is not god right from the beginning scripture calls him the father of lies and he scripture calls him the father of lies and he challenges the idea that god is true so you see the root of all lies and deception anything that is not in reality with what is true at the root is denying that god is god when you start thinking and speaking of reality in ways that are not true, you are reflecting the satanic idea that 
the true God is not the true God, and that we actually will determine what reality is, and that we should decide for ourselves how we ought to live and how we ought to think. So when dealing with this commandment, it's not simply that, oh, it makes you a better neighbor if you're not a liar, or people can trust you more, and they'll have a higher image of what a Christian can be. It really is determining what kind of a Christian you are. Are you one who really reflects the Father who is truth or the Father who is lies? Who is it that you are obeying? Whose image do you bear? And so it's very important. And the fact that everyone lies, that's not an acceptable reason for you to ever lie. Yeah, and the thing is people are entirely inconsistent about this because people say, well, you know, it's okay for me to bend the truth a little bit in this way or that way. But there are other people in society who very clearly are liars that offend even the people who lie a little bit less, like the criminals. The criminal says, what I own is what is in your house. Now, if somebody broke into my house and stole something, I would say, well, no, you're a liar. That's not yours. It's mine. But somehow it's okay for me to twist the truth a little bit in other areas. Well, it's completely inconsistent because it all reflects the mentality that God is not God and doesn't have a right to tell me what is true. Well, let's bring this down. <clears throat> maybe a more abstract theoretical level to a practical level what would could we argue that god gives this commandment because society would be completely unworkable as we know it if there was no commodity on truth well certainly that would be a major factor and i'm sure that is one of the reasons he has created the world to function in a particular way he's given an order and when we destroy that order obviously society suffers a great deal We've seen that with stealing, we've seen that with adultery, and we see it even with lying. Words have very grave significance. It really affects how people think and act. And if you give them false information, they will act on that false information as though true. You will have caused harm and downfall to someone made in the image of God. Well, interesting example. I don't mean to gross anybody out here, but just remember about a year ago or so, a lady sitting down to uh, lunch at a a well-known... Uh, fast food restaurant and allegedly finds a finger in the chili uh, which and then wanted to sue and all of these things the the broad economic impacts upon that particular chain were just absolutely enormous but if you stop and think about it if there was no prohibition against lying there would be absolutely nothing wrong with that yeah, you could view it as just simply an opportunity that the woman took, or it could just be considered a way of a competitor to, you know, advertise their product as not having human remains in it. You know, it could be anything else, but we have a principle that says, no, truth matters, and lying is not acceptable. And as Pastor Adam was saying earlier, we can't dismiss that when it comes to our actions. And that's, I think, where the problem comes in, is that we all believe that, yes, if we're called to testify in court, we'll tell the truth. But no, the implication is to us in our daily lives, in our affairs with our families, with our churches, in our workplace, we are to be truth speakers so that as James says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Let your word be known to be true so much that people will never need you to affirm by oath what you're saying because they know you bear the image of your father who is truth and light. I want to think here a little bit, too, about the spiritual implications of violating this commandment. Oftentimes, we don't attach the same sort of uh, spiritual ramifications to uh, transgressing the Ninth Commandment to what we would, let's say, the Sixth Commandment, thou shalt not kill, or thou shalt not commit adultery, or so forth. But, you know, biblically speaking, there seems to be almost a natural law operative in the Ninth Commandment dynamic, 
Paul talks about in First Timothy chapter four about uh, those whose conscience is seared as if it had been seared by a hot iron. When people tell lies, it does something to their soul. It damages their soul. It makes them uh, desensitized to truth, and so it not only leads them into a pattern of just repeating lies and not caring about truth, but it but it hurts their soul and leads them into a whole string of other kinds of sins as well. So it's it's part, partly God is is doing something very good here for us by prohibiting lying. Well, that's right. I mean, when you say that, it makes me think of the connection between lying and the violations of the other commandments. I mean, especially the second table of the law, where you sin against your neighbor. I mean, how is it, how often is it then that that's accompanied by lies to cover it up? I mean, you talk about thou shalt not kill. You see the example of all the murderers in uh, the scripture trying to avoid coming to justice. Yeah, David's a perfect example of this, isn't he? The man after God's own heart gets ensnared in an in a, in a adulterous relationship, which then leads to a lie, which then leads to murder. Exactly. All, all these are very interconnected. So you're playing with fire. You know, this, this concept of little white lie. I mean, the problem is the lie is an expression of a foul heart that is obviously sinning against the Lord in other ways. So you can't separate this kind of so-called small sin from other sin that is going on in your life. We come back after the break here on Sinners and Saints. We're going to continue to talk through the implications of the Ninth Commandment. So stay tuned with us on Sinners and Saints. Are you looking for a church that values the Word of God and the rediscovery of its riches in the Protestant Reformation? Hi, I'm Pastor Adam Kalustian. I want to invite you to join us at the Ontario United Reformed Church. We worship on Sundays at 10 a.m. and 5.30 p.m. Take the Euclid Avenue exit off the 60 freeway, go north one block to Philadelphia Street, turn right, and you'll see us. That's the Ontario United Reformed Church, 866-99-UNITED. There is no greater joy in the Christian's life than to worship God according to His Word, and there is nowhere better in the San Gabriel Valley to do this than at the Pasadena United Reformed Church. So come join us this Sunday at 9 a.m. and at 6 p.m. at 226 West Colorado Boulevard in Arcadia. You can call us at 866-99-UNITED or look us up on the web at sinnersaint.org. Hey, back here on Sinners and Saints, we're glad that you are here to join us for the discussion. Uh, by the way, if you want to get in touch with us about uh, anything we've been talking about here in terms of this rather long series on the Ten Commandments, uh, we want you to feel free to uh, get in contact with us. You can call us at 866-99-UNITED. That's 866-99-UNITED. Or please go visit our website where uh, you can go to centersaint.org, centersaint.org. There's some, some of our old shows still archived there, some information about us. There's also ways for you to contact us either by email or there's more phone numbers. But please uh, get in touch with us. We'd love to sit down and talk with you. I also want to remind you that as we wrap up this series on the Ten Commandments, we want you to get in touch with us and ask us your questions. Uh, we're sure that... Uh, we probably generated a number of ideas or questions, and you're thinking about the application of the law. So please give us a call or email us, and we would uh, love to entertain those questions on air. You don't have to uh, be identified with your question. We just want the question to be used here as a discussion topic on our show in later broadcasts. We're back to the Ninth Commandment here. We've been talking a lot about deception and lying. Uh, maybe we'll, here at the end of this uh, broadcast, we'll just wind down with a discussion on some of the broader ramifications of this and come back and talk some more about uh, the more specific uh, application or prohibition here uh, against lying. The Ninth Commandment, according to the Westminster Larger Catechism, uh, 
not only forbids lying, but here's some of the maybe the positive side of this commandment. It says that we are to speak the truth in matters of judgment and justice and all other things. We are to have a charitable esteem of our neighbors, loving, desiring, and rejoicing in their good names, sorrowing for and covering their infirmities, freely acknowledging of their gifts and graces. I want to stop right here and maybe just work with some of you. There's, there's an, uh, a great deal more here in terms of application, but look at this. It says we are to have a charitable esteem of our neighbors. We are, it says, to freely acknowledge their gifts and graces. In other words, what it's saying is one way you can engage in lying, one way and you can transgress this commandment is to act as if you're the most gifted, talented, wonderful person in the world and the rest of the people around you are just a bunch of morons and slothful, lazy, no good people. You never look, in other words, you never look at people around you and uh, give thanks to God for the good gifts that he's given them, the good things he's doing in their life and realize uh, how we are to look at other people and encourage them and build them up as well. This is an interesting commandment. It's not just looking inward at my soul and my words and my actions, but it's calling us to look out to others. And let's be careful. And you see this sometimes, especially with somebody who gets overly zealous, where they say, all right, now I must only tell truth and always tell all truth that is possible to be told. And no, that is not acceptable either. Because there is something as speaking in season, using the right words or saying the right things at the right time. And so you don't walk up to people and list to them all their flaws. Yes, it is truthful. No, it is unnecessary. It's uncharitable. And it is not in accordance with this commandment to constantly be harping on every fault you find in others. Yes, they exist. But this is where you have to be gracious and overlook their fault and deal with them charitably and encourage them in the right way if you feel that there really is a problem. That's what the uh, larger catechism again here calls covering their infirmities. One of the duties we owe to others, especially brothers and sisters in the Lord, is that we don't run around exposing all of their faults, sometimes even to themselves or to others. I mean, we have to learn how to use some tact and to care about the person of our neighbor and not to just rip them to shreds because we have the truth available to do that. Yeah, there's always those people in the churches, aren't there? The ones that uh, give you the appearance of being really concerned about the problems that you have. And then the next thing you find out, their friends and everybody else and their mothers finds out about, you know, some issue you've been struggling with that you confide in somebody else. Listen, this is a, a call really out to pastors and elders and, of course, everybody else in the church building each other up you got to shut your mouth well let's talk about how that happens i mean <laughs> prayer time right uh brother i can't pray for you specifically unless i understand and uncover all the sins of your heart and next thing you know this is on the so quote unquote prayer list that's spread around all over the church or at least the unwritten one and it's not a prayer request list it's a gossip list we've all had this done where someone comes up to you and says you know what pastor i you know, I'm really concerned for this person. This person is the meanest, cruelest individual ever. He's done this or that to me. So just pray for him. I'm just telling you so that you can pray for him. No, you're not. You're telling me because you're trying to slander his name. You're not trying to help him. You want to help him. Pray for him to God because God will hear your prayers as well as mine. Well, yeah, let's get real practical. I mean, let's face it. How it happens is the conversation may start out in order to benefit the person. But, you know, there's always that point in the conversation where there's that awkward silence where you kind of look at each other, and everybody knows that's where the conversation should stop. But do, do we stop a lot of times? No. We just let the foulness come out of our mouth, and we, you know, we're convicted, but I don't care. We love our sin, and we love to 
speak about others in an evil way. We've got to watch that. Hey, the Ninth Commandment does not only forbid us from telling lies, it also commands us positively to uphold the name and the reputation of our neighbors. That's part of what it means to glorify God with our lives. That's part of the application of the Ninth Commandment. We want to thank you for joining us tonight on Sinners and Saints. Stay tuned with us next week as we continue to tackle the topic of lying in the Ninth Commandment. Join us next week as we tackle more topics with the truth of God's Word on Sinners and Saints, Theology with an Edge. For more information, call 866-99-UNITED or log on to the web at urcsocal.org. That's 866-99-UNITED. Located in the heart of Los Angeles, Grace Evangelical Church is a Reformed church committed to the three forms of unity, the solas of the Reformation, the doctrines of grace, the preaching of the law and the gospel, the weekly administration of the Lord's table, along with catechism classes for adults and children. Give us a call at area code 310-782-7019. 310-782-7019.